People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Good day, Brothers Talk family, and once again, we're glad that you're with us. And we're glad to be with you. First time listeners, thanks for joining us. And we look forward to you being in the mix and spreading the word. Here it's all about the emphasis on critical thinking as we raise issues week in and week out to encourage you to not only do it yourself, but to initiate and engage those around you in this process that we know of as critical thinking. While we're still focusing on encouraging every eligible person to get vaccinated, we're now hearing that people are being jammed up with fake vaccination cards. That's what we're doing now. And I can't understand teachers and law enforcement refusing to get vaccinated because here in New Jersey and New York, they're suing the states to not get vaccinated. For law enforcement community in particular, it's the leading cause of death nationally now, more than any other cause. It's just crazy. And then you have teachers who would not want to teach unvaccinated kids, but refusing to get vaccinated. And the lack of logic is just mind boggling. Once again, when you hear these people out there, it makes you wonder. And probably, like I say to myself, if that's the kind of thinking that's going on amongst these teachers, they don't need to be in the classroom in the first place. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hey, family. Uh, thanks for your continued support. And like Rod said, I want to kind of jump on this, what's going on with the pandemic. Uh, now there's a new strand that they they found out about. It's like running through Great Britain. And I think somebody said that they've discovered the new strand here. So it's, it's mutated again. And yet you got people who are running around here with big megaphones, megaphones, they have been vaccinated, but they're encouraging other folks by saying they're not telling them not to get vaccinated, but they're just they're telling them it's their right if they don't want to get vaccinated, which in, in essence is telling them, you know, don't get vaccinated. I just don't understand the people who are following that logic. I don't understand. I wish somebody could just break that down to me uh, because you have black, you have white, Asian, Hispanics who are not getting vaccinated. And their, their excuse is they're listening to what somebody said on social media. So you're going to listen to people on social media, but you're not going to listen to the medical professional. Nor, Thanks, Scott. Unfortunately, people are following professional athletes now, like Kyrie Irving. He refused to get the vaccine. He's giving up millions of dollars. He's hurting his teammates and his franchise. But most importantly, he's leading the blind. He doesn't realize that his, his ignorance is going to cause a lot of death and illness in our community and several others, and all the others, as a matter of fact. But that's where we are, the blind leading the blind. Rod? Well, we've had a great response to the episodes in our series on Black relationships, and we'll be back with more of that next week as we continue to expand the demographic profile of our respondents 
and we'll be including millennials, married couples, seniors, the widowed, and more. But this week, we're yielding to popular demand as we've gotten letters and texts and email messages from the family who's been asking for our take on the Chappelle affair, as we'll call it. For those of you who may not have been paying attention to what this is about, bottom line is Dave Chappelle and his latest Netflix special called The Closer has raised attention to a bit of a dichotomy between the power being wielded by the LGBTQI community as related to the Black Lives Matter. Most notably was that John Gruden was fired as the Raiders head coach after it was discovered that he had made several homophobic slurs, but he had been allowed to continue coaching after making racist remarks about Damaris Smith. And so while we think there's been enough said about that in that context, we are more focused on there's another divide that seems to be taking place. And that is within the LGBTQI community between the Black people who are there who are summarily being discriminated against and facing racism that they are failing to acknowledge. And they're aligning themselves with the rest of the LGBTQI community as to be pitting themselves against the rest of their Black brothers and sisters. And so it just seems to us that they have made a critical error in somehow believing that there isn't as much racism, if not more, because when you hear about those transsexuals and transgender people who are being murdered and brutalized, the vast majority of them are Black. And we also note that when you do see the Black Lives Matter protests that happen for the latest in the ongoing series of unarmed Black people and others who are being killed by the police, that the LGBTQI community isn't at the forefront of that. And yet, every time there is an issue that comes up where Black Lives Matter finds a way to, to get derive some benefit, then it seems as though there is this need to pit the LGBTQI community against the Black Lives Matter community, in other words, against Black people. And this just seems to be another way to divide and conquer. My, when it comes to that LBGTQ community, you know, uh, I've been a little torn. I talked, me and Rod talked about this a little bit because I have family members and friends and friends who have, and family members who have, have kids who are part of that community. My issue with this community is just like what Rod was saying. You can say something negative about any other group and and Lord knows that you know people have just been uh, beating black people down for years, uh, verbally, physically. Black people have been just brutalized by the larger population. But that particular community, the LBGTQ community, I haven't seen them come out when black folks are being attacked, when police are brutal brutalizing black people, when they're killing black people? Where are they when, when these Karens are attacking black people for just being black or barbecuing in the park? I don't see the LBGTQ community out there standing up 
uh, for black folks. They forget, especially the black, they forget that they're black first. And you're always going to be black first. They seem to act as if, when I say that I'm a member of the LGBTQ community, then that just kind of transcend me being black and I'm not going to be treated like other black folks. And that's just simply not true. Because black people come as a whole to everybody else's rescue. Where are these people when black folks need help? No one? Well, Scott, I'm going to piggyback on what you just said. Because they've been silent. Dave Chappelle has been talking about black people for years. They've never said one word. They've never been insulted. They've never stood up and done anything. But the minute he started to talk about that, that's where they drew the line. Their sexuality, I should say. And now what I really find uh, amusing here is that they had to get a black wake-up call, a slap to bring them into the reality that these white gays don't care about you. You're just a pawn in their game. Like you said, Rod, they're, they're the ones getting killed. These whites aren't scared enough for them. These ones aren't trying to protect them. They could they spit on them before they do anything for them. But now they rose up, lost your job, and now you have nothing. Welcome to the real world. Stay black, right? Just like what happened with the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was started by a North Carolina sister by the name of Tarana Burke. And so unless you really do a deep dive to look up that whole process and see where it began, Tarana Burke is almost lost in obscurity while you have a host of white actresses and white corporate people and all those white women who came out against Bill Cosby and, and Russell Simmons and others who have commandeered the whole movement. And you don't see them really coming to the forefront and recognizing that the reason why Tarani Burke started the whole movement in the first place was because of the dearth of attention that had been paid to literally 400 years of white masters and the white master syndrome of believing they could do anything to black women. And basically they did and got away with it. And so you would think that whenever the Me Too movement was started, that if you had these white actresses out there, not saying that they didn't have their own share of gripes, but that they would at least want to pay homage to where it was due and saying, well, hey, it's our sisters in the struggle that we want to stand up for. But once again, the sisters have been pushed into the background while Me Too now is basically identified as a white movement. And so we don't see really any basic difference between the LGBTQI movement and the Me Too movement, because we certainly are not anti-LGBTQI any more so than we are anti our sisters. We basically want you to recognize that as the old saying goes, you need to come home. You need to recognize that you need to be in the struggle with us because those folks that you're casting your lot with are not supporting you. They do not have your back and they will allow you to continue to be murdered and killed because that doesn't draw the kind of attention as them being able to try to cancel a Dave Chappelle 
for a comedy routine. And just think about that for a moment. There is less attention being paid to the LGBTQI members who've been murdered and brutalized than there is to Dave Chappelle's comedy special. Right, you brought up an excellent point. I hadn't thought about that because there have been an attack on the LGBTQ community for years. And, and like you said, they have not protested the kind of way that they're protesting Netflix uh, over comments that Dave Chappelle made. And the fact that, that they're not doing that, to me, says that, wait a minute, you're only doing something that you, you, you're protesting when you think that it can give you uh, high visibility within the social media so you can push your agenda farther, uh, whatever that may be. Dave Chappelle is a high-profile person, so he's a real good target for us to go after. That just appears to me to, what be ha to what's happening because, like you said, Rod, they're not protesting. You don't see all these protests of the way that the LBGTQ community have been attacked over the years. You don't see them protesting when something happened, like I said before, to, to Black people. But if it's a high-profile person, then here we go, because there's an agenda out there for them. Noah? Oh, I definitely believe there's an agenda. I definitely believe it's being pushed in our community. And when you see little Nas X with a day, a holiday in Atlanta, and you see the greatest rap duo or rap group from Atlanta, Outkast, not getting as much as an hour of an honor in that city, you know there's an agenda being pushed forward constantly. And this is just another part of it. Fortunately, we have another pushback from our side to call it out. And as I said before, they're getting a little bit of a wake-up call, right? So it's continuing to be an issue of the white power structure that finds a way to create dissension and division amongst us when we should be really rallying and understanding that we have a common enemy. And it just has to be said that way because that's the way they have posed it. It has been that way from the beginning when they tried to wrap themselves up in Christianity and, and other ideas of eminent domain when they began uh, conquering other countries or going west and claiming the idea of expansion when it was really about genocide and more colonization. And so they've always found ways to effectively procure our causes and use them against us. So it really doesn't have much difference than what we see in the whole debate around critical race thinking, which is that the white narrative takes precedence. And so we just have to try to reiterate for our LGBTQI brothers and sisters that you need to wake up and recognize that your fight isn't with us, your other Black brothers and sisters, but it is with that same power structure. And when you start to do that, you will start to find that not only will we continue to accept you into the fold, but you'll find that your real struggle for equality is the exact same as ours. In our Positive Black Experience of the Week, 
we want to recognize Colin Kaepernick. And Colin Kaepernick accepted the Executive Leadership Council's Global Game Changer Award at the organization's annual recognition gala and 35th anniversary celebration. And the reason why Colin Kaepernick came to mind to give some Black love to this week is because of a recent post by Dez Bryant, who is the former NFL receiver who ignorantly came out and said that Colin Kaepernick had not put enough skin in the game to stand up for Black athletes. I mean, I don't know what Dez Bryant has been doing for the last five years, but Colin Kaepernick has not only put his career on the line and put his, his livelihood and put his money where his mouth is, but he's still out there walking the walk and talking the talk. He's funding efforts in Africa. He's funding efforts around the country to to shine a spotlight on police brutality and these killings of unarmed Black people. But it's good to see that even though the NFL in its hypocritical stance in not finding a way to reinstate him, even though we can watch week in and week out and see much less than mediocre white quarterbacks on the field while a guy who led his team to the Super Bowl and to the NFL championship game the following year is not allowed to practice his craft while the NFL claims each week to be in support of Black Lives Matter. And we know that would have never been the case without Kaepernick's protest, but the guy who started is still being penalized. So kudos to Cap for still keeping the work going. And so thanks again to all of you for joining us. And remember to join and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you want to share in long form with feedback, suggestions, questions, or show ideas, hit us up at the email, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. So that's a wrap for another episode. And as always, we appreciate your time and your interest and know that we'll never take it or you for granted. Till next time, let's do better today because that's all we really have.